Yo, Lucky Lefty the Great. It's been a while since I've been on this pod, man. So, um, I just gotta give you a little backstory on how 2020 has started off for me. Um, well, first off, um, I had pneumonia. Um, I had a real, real bad case of walking pneumonia. Um, and if you know me, then you know I'm hard headed. So, I was still trying to go to work and still trying to you know, just functioning everyday life and not really take that time to get my body back right. Um, and you know, they always say that if you don't, um, give yourself rest, your body will make you rest. And so I had to rest up, get myself together, um, build my strength back up. Um, I'm pretty close to a hundred percent. Like I say, I'm about 85% right now, but that's good enough like that that's good enough for me man so here i am um it feels good to be back i've clearly missed a whole lot um and by no means in my sports podcast uh shout out to the homie dre from sportsway with dre day that's the sports pod um but i'm a lakers fan y'all and I've been a Laker fan since the 80s. Like, Magic Johnson was my favorite basketball player when I was, like, a small child. Um, I cried when he announced he had HIV because, like, I love Magic Johnson. Um, But um, this past January might have been the saddest sports moment for me. Um... Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gigi, and seven other people, they lost their lives in a helicopter crash um, in California. And, like, I didn't cry because I I understand the level of, you know, life's greatest common denominator is death. So it's inevitable. So, like, I don't really cry at funerals or anything like that. Um, But, it hit me different than a lot of other stuff it hit me like even during you know the the day that um Kobe passed like I had a funeral I had to bury my uncle um the day before and then like the day after that I found out that uh one of my co-workers had, had lost her life um so like I said between sickness and you know, grieving or however you want to process it, man. I've just, it's been a lot. But um, back to Kobe. Like, that one hit me way different, man. Because, like, I I feel like I, I grew up with Kobe. Um, like, I was, like, 13. Yeah, like, 13 when Kobe came in the league. Maybe, like, 12, 13. And, like I said, Lakers are my favorite team. And this dude's 17, and he can hoop, like he can ball. So I identified with that, like, you know, basketball wasn't my sport, um, baseball and football. And I was, you know, but, you know, like to see that that swagger that he walked with, that made me be like, shit, I'm going to be Kobe out here. Like, they can't fuck with me. Like, And it was like a a bit of an arrogance to it. And I love that shit. 
Like, I, I love that shit. So, I identified with him from jump. Um, like I said, and then my emotional investment in the team made me like fuck with him even more. And so, without getting too detailed on that, because that's not what I was doing here, but that Kobe, it, it hit me different, man. Like, that one hit me different. Like, it was like, damn, man, Kobe? Like, I don't even think I'd do that, you know, if if and when Michael Jordan dies. And I love Jordan. But it, it's like because I identified with it and I, I grew into manhood with him, so to speak. Like, like I said, that was my favorite player. Like, it was more than just basketball, so... You know, you watch someone, even like if you just watch someone from your neighborhood or someone you grew up with, you watch them transform into, you know, a man or a woman. And you watch their growth and their evolution as a person. You watch the ups and downs of it. And so you feel like you're there. That's why we are like so close to like, you know, people who were like there. Like everybody got that favorite cousin because y'all were always around each other and you watch each other go through those those peaks and valleys of life. And so this was like my cousin. Like so to speak. Like, you know, just in the aspect of I I, I was there. I mean, and even though we didn't see like every single day, you don't see every single day of many people's lives because we're all adults and we got shit to do. But you know when something happened. You know when something good go on. You know when something bad happened. Because you're there. And so it just really, 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 like, I, it didn't give me a new perspective on living every day, you know, or anything like that to, like, my best. Because I've been doing that. So that wasn't, that wasn't what it was for for me. It was more so just, like, at any moment, man, like, we we all have this we all have a gift. Like every single person has some type of gift. Um, some people utilize their gifts. Other people try to, but circumstance, life, decisions, whatever you want to call it, get in the way. And I feel like I have gifts. And I feel like my gifts are, I'm utilizing them, but I can do more. Hold on, y'all. I'm going to drink my tea. Like, I told you I'm still kind of sick, but I'm feeling pretty good. But I like to keep it, you know, together. And I don't want my voice to crack and whatnot. So, shit, that's hot. <laughs> Damn. Um, I, I didn't think it was going to be that hot. Fuck, that was hot. Um, I ain't going to cut that out either because that was funny. Um, but no, so it just made me, you know, not even do more, just to continue on the path I'm on. It's to continue on the the ideal that I was given this gift of creativity and, and I want to use it. And I'm going to use it. And so, it just let me know that I'm, I'm on the right path, man. And so, when the day comes, won't nobody be like, ah, he could have and he, he had potential and no, I want that shit to be realized. Um, but let me, let me get off of Kobe cause I can talk about that all day. And then we've, we've been talked out with Kobe, so I don't want to do that. Um, but 
um, speaking of sports, um, well, there are things that are like quote unquote sports related, and it's you know to do with um, Dwayne Wade and his, his child Zaya. Um, Dwayne had a busy last few weeks, man. It's it's been a, a lot on the plate, like, and you know maybe good, maybe bad, however you look at it. But um, oh, I have to. Um, before I even go into it, I gotta congratulate D Wade. Like I'm gonna talk about it, I gotta talk about all of it. Um, I had to congratulate him, man. He had his giant, his jersey retired by the Miami Heat over the weekend. Like that's that's dope, man. Like you know we we I guess we don't realize, man. Like I said, going back to that gift, like you utilize the fuck out of your gift. If you get your 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 number and your jersey retired, like you, you put in work, man. So we gotta acknowledge that, man. That's that gift. But back to the story. Um, like I said, I I the whole situation with um twelve year old Zia Wade, um Wade's child who recently came out as transgender. Um, my opinion is kind of different than most people because it just seems like it's been this uproar um by lots of people but like my brothers my, my black men in particular um i think by now like everybody who's listening to this podcast um is is familiar with or has actually heard the um the rant that boosted um went on about the um you know, don't cut his dick off. Like I'm gonna touch on that, um, but also um, like the the whole hotel community uh, with their narrative that um, the 12 year old Zaya and the decision that the Wade family is is standing on, I guess so to speak. Um, that's what's like killing the black families. I think that's like. How are we gonna never get this this black unity and shit that everybody say they want, and that everybody, you know, with a um, YouTube account, feels like they want to be the leader of? Like, how how can we get that unity if it's like still petty shit like this that that people feel like is is doing all these things and killing the black families because? You know, an individual made a decision for themselves, like on on who they choose to to love. Like, love is a natural emotion, so how could that ever kill the black community? And by no means am I misguided on this. By no means is this just me, you know, going against the grain. Like this is real, y'all, and and we don't ever think outside of how something can benefit us. So people seeing, oh, this is happening and, and it's different. Oh, shit. Let me go on here and just, you know, go on this epic rant about how this ain't right and, and how it's killing the black family. No, that's not what's killing the black family, man. And, and first off, the black family ain't dead. We got to stop with that narrative, man. I wholeheartedly disagree with that. I can't sit here and personally speak for every black man or black woman in, in this country. But I can't speak to what I see. And, and I see black 
families and black relationships not only strike not only surviving but striving man like like i mean like they really really doing some dope shit man like some dope shit like and it ain't gotta be like married couples it, it can be just people in dope ass relationships where they're still kind of learning each other but they they rocking solid together man people people enjoying each other people are are happy people are happy man so y'all gotta stop that shit like there's nothing no agenda as far as with black homosexuality that's killing the black family man they not they not exterminating us that way like they're not they're exterminating us a lot of different ways, but that's not one of them, man. Like that's not that's not one of them. Um, but yeah, like with all that being said, because I don't feel like that's doing nothing crazy. We gotta respect those people's decision, man. Like the Wade family. Um, I'm gonna say primary primarily um, Zaya. Um, made a decision like. Made a decision like and, and the, the people supported it. His I'm sorry, her family supported it like hey, you gotta respect the pronouns, man. Like actually you ain't even gotta respect it, but don't disrespect the pronoun. Like, if that's how they wanna be identified, man, do that. Like don't be an asshole. You know, with the older the, the the creator made you this way, so I'm gonna dress you this like like the whole my mom his mama named him Clay, so I'm gonna name him Clay. Like no, you gotta respect people, man, by what they wanna do. You want a motherfucker to respect you, or you want a motherfucker to not disrespect you on anything you do. You know, you date that that uh that man that everybody done told you ain't no good for you. That that's done stole the the the, the mortgage check and. You know, like the nigga on um, the Tyler Perry shit on Netflix, Far From Grace, you you married that nigga. Or you with that nigga and everybody, you know, know where it is, but because out of respect for you, they don't disrespect, they keep their mouth closed. Fellas, like, you done done a lot of fuck shit, but you still want to walk around here like you want to be respected. You want to be treated as a human. So we got that shit got to go all ways, man. It can't just be this, you know, on my terms shit. Like you can live your life on your terms, but you got to respect other people's shit, man. So is I want to be identified as a she? I don't agree with it, but I respect it. Because if I change my fucking name tomorrow, I want y'all to respect it. Like it's it's just simple human. That's just human decency, man. Like respect that shit, man. That's what's killing the black families, man. These bullshit ass narratives and opinions, man. That your way is the right way. It may be, but we don't know. Like we we don't know. We don't know what's right what's wrong we know what we've heard we know what we've been quote unquote taught but we don't know because it, it just seems like we, we use these things for convenience like you know like narratives and being taught and whatnot. like 
when it's some shit you don't, you know, slavery. Oh, you 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 want to, you know, pound the table on that. But when it comes to like just simple common sense shit, then it's it's quiet. You don't want to beat the table that they taught you these things too. Like, no, it's got to be everything. Man, like I just, I don't know, man. I guess the more I'm talking, like I'm realizing I should have had, man, I should have had Lonnie on here from the from the Who Raised You Hoes podcast, man. Like, I think this would be a great conversation. Actually, hold tight, y'all. Hold tight for one second. I'm going to try something. And we're going to have a quick conversation because I, I have thoughts on this whole thing, and I wanted to kind of make sure I wasn't even in my thinking. Um, so, first off, uh, Lonnie, thank you for joining me. You know, it's always a pleasure when we get on the pod together. Absolutely. Okay, so let's jump right into it. So, um, <clears throat> with the whole VIOA situation, um, am I crazy? Am I thinking that we should respect the pronouns and we should respect the decision, even though um, via 12? You're not wrong at all. The issue that really comes into play is this internalized, um, it's internalized homophobia at its finest mm-hmm. because everyone has opinions about it, but I see very little people actually respecting the fact that one, she announced that she was that she wants to be called Zaya. Right. Two, everyone is mispronouncing her. Mm-hmm. She keeps saying he and all these different things, and it just it makes no sense. Right. Like it's it's just it's completely wrong. Like this is why this conversation needed to happen years ago. And it's ironic that it takes a twelve-year-old for us to finally have this conversation. Like I, I was thinking that too. Like it is so crazy that it took a child for people to really look at this thing and and feel like okay, maybe it's time to have that talk. Because I, I feel like, I mean, people change their minds. Like so, it's like we sometimes have to let live and learn. And, and and let you know Zaya go through life, and if if that's how she identifies, and if that's how she wants to live, then hey, so be it. But I also feel like you kind of know, like it's not. I don't feel like it's it's a decision. You just you just know. I don't. But once again, I could be dead wrong, could be right. I just I don't know, and I don't ever like to get to that point where I feel like my thoughts are the only thoughts that are right. Man, there's seven billion people in the world, so thoughts are gonna always be different, and we don't know what's right or wrong. The problem that we have here is people, the main argument I see people having is, oh, she, I'm going to properly pronoun her, she's only 12, how does she know what she wants to do, like, that's not right, they, I don't know what they're doing over there, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. My thing is, at 12, I knew, at 12, yeah. you knew, like, mm-hmm. in certain ways you look at people, when you start to really figure, when you first go into the development of knowing what you're attracted to, because we all go through that first before we get to anything sexual. Right. Like, you start to learn what you're attracted to. At 12, I knew I was not attracted to women. Okay. I knew this for a fact. I tried to force myself with societal norms mm-hmm. to, attract, to be attracted to women, but it didn't work. 
Right. No, at 12, you begin to really get a sense, like, you begin to develop a sense of self. Okay. So, no, she's old enough to know what she does and does not like. Right. Now, you specified something that is very true. In time, which is the ultimate test, mm-hmm. she could decide, she's 12 right now, she could decide at 17, 18, I, that's not my calling. I rather I'd rather not transition. I rather stay who I am and just stay right. binary. Be mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm bisexual. Whatever may have you, this right. is not the final thing. It's just her the, learning who she is. Right. And I applaud the way for the way that they embrace her and welcome mm-hmm. her and let her know we're here for you. And I love the fact that they want to be held accountable in case they say something or do something that. It's counterproductive. Yeah, like that. That that's huge, and and that's. I think that's what's killing the black family, man. Is that that level of? It just seems like some families have this ideal of if you are outside of what we believe into a T, then we'll damn near disown you. So it's like people talk about the black family being killed with like. In relationships, what about the black family as a whole? Like that shit kills families, man. And, and but we don't recognize that because, like I said, people have that notion of my way is the right way. So everything else outside of my house is, you know, like and it can't be that, man. It, it just can't be that. Right. And it's sad that you go through that with families where they have this thinking that automatically they go to disowning someone based off of their religious values. Man. And you have some parents that will bypass it and be like, well, this is this is what the Bible specifies, but you're my child, and I'm not going to sit here and disown you because mm-hmm. of something that's in a book. Right. Right. Like, it, it's, I guess, you know, like, that, that just brings up a point because it just feels like when you say it like that and when you actually look at it that way, it's almost like people choose something they read over something in their heart. Like your family's in your heart. You see these people every single day. Most people only read that book one time a week, and they only read small passages of it. They only read in what, you know, those little three or four verses that you read in church. Like they're not actually going in and studying it. And they're not even doing it. So it's like you're choosing something you do casually over your, your lifeline, your bloodline, flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood. And you're choosing something you read. 30 minutes on a Sunday over it all. Like, that's crazy to me, man. The thing that baffles me, the thing that baffles me, sorry to cut you off, is the thing that baffles me is everyone says, like, if if you really want to get into that conversation, the Bible has two views of God, if you Mm -hmm. ever pay attention. They fear, they there's the people that fear God as a merciful God. Mm -hmm. Then you have people that view God as a loving God and a tolerant God. Right. That's normally the one that people like to go toward, Mm -hmm. but it's more so my sin can't be greater than your sin type of situation. Like, they're equal. So, Mm -hmm. basically... Someone deciding that they want, and it's the one comment that I saw throughout this whole situation is, oh, God made no mistake. Mm. Well, if God made no mistake, then why do you have people willing to jump on planes and take tens of thousands of dollars 
to get their body butchered Man. because they want to be attractive. And right. God made no mistake, then why are you sitting here applying a lace front wig on top of your natural hair? If Man. God made no mistake, why are you adding Beijing onto where you're missing hair? You get where I'm going with this if God oh. made no mistake? Right. I, I, a thousand percent, man. Like I, it's just thing. I think I'm a, I'm a thinking person. I always think of like every single thing, and I'd be like, people had this. Like I like said, people had this. Oh God, don't make no mistakes. Man. It's a whole lot of stuff going on in the world that, that, that seems like mistakes to me. I could be wrong, but they, they look like mistakes, man. People, people don't feel it, and that goes from a macro and a micro level. Like individually, like I said, people having surgeries and doing things to you know, um, to alter themselves, like, a mistake was made somewhere because they, they feel like whatever they get, they're not satisfied with. So that's a mistake. Like, on a, right. on a level, like, just life in general, people doing things. And then also, people also, you you know, you talk about how people recognize certain um, aspects of God, like, they forget that in Revelation, God was like Thanos. Like, he was going hard. And it seems like they don't, you know, we don't want to talk about those things. We want only, we only want to talk about what is conducive to what I'm trying to say. And it's like, I just feel like if we, if you're going to do it, do it out of the way, whatever it is, however you think, go all in with it. But you got to know all the facts. And people don't want to know the facts. They want to know what suits them. Right. And the thing is, like, you have, and it just, it really shows people's mindset, mm-hmm. especially when, you have these people that have followings, right? And, I mean, they gain a following from being, of course, who they are on social media, let alone who they are in, like, in the world. Right. And they get on or they get in front of or behind a camera, like, they get in front of a camera or they put out a tweet or a post on Instagram and they just view ignorance and it's disgusting to actually have to sit back and watch ignorance being viewed in regards to it and it this is a child at the end of the day it's a child she's still learning herself and who are you to come in and try to interfere with the reinforcement that her parents are giving her that her family in general is giving her right now because she needs it and if we all got behind this concept of put your beliefs and your pride to the side and understand that this child's going to need your support more than anything, especially with where they're trying to go in their life, then maybe, just maybe, we would be okay with this idea. But anytime someone mentions anything in regards to sexuality, everyone goes up in arms when they feel like it's getting too deep. And this is one of those conversations where people feel like this is just, this is too deep for them to grasp, let alone understand. Right. Right. That, that's a big part of it. Like, people, it, it's just too much for them. And, you know, people like safe, people like their cocoons, um, people who, who feel like they want to say something out of pocket, they have the comfort of their, their Samsung or their Apple device, and they can, you know, say whatever they say behind a screen name and, you know, keep a pushing, and there's no, there's no accountability with that. Like that, that's one thing that I really, I wish there was something. Like, people have this notion of picking on black kids 
on the internet and don't even realize what they're doing, but they have this idea that bullying of their child is is just unheard of, but they'll get on the internet and millions of people will bully a child. And it's funny. Millions. It's funny. It's funny when it's them. But if it's their child, it's tragic. And why are they doing this? And people don't care. And it, it, it's all these things. Like, this shit's ridiculous, man. You're bullying, and you just said the real essence of this whole debate is you're bullying a child with misgendering her, with sitting here telling her, trying to criticize her parent parenting style. You're bullying the child. Right. The one right. thing that nobody took from what they had to say is that she said, why would I continue to live a life if I cannot be myself? That came from a 12-year-old child. Right. That that whole speech came from a child, and all of you are up in arms about it. Craziest shit in the world, man. Right, that is the craziest shit in the world. But Lonnie, I just I I, I don't want to hold you too long. But I just I had to get your take on this, and I had to have a conversation with you about this because I, like I said, you know, I, I try to go with everything from my language, man, and. I would have been remiss if I didn't go to someone I feel like I can talk to about these type of things. So, as always, man, you know, I appreciate all the conversations we've ever had via text or on the phone, man. Yes, I I definitely appreciate it. Thank you for being the perfect example of an ally. We appreciate you. Welcome back, podcast cousin. Thank you, man. Well, I appreciate it, Lonnie, but I'm going to get at you later on, man. All righty, sir. Have a good one. You too, man. Peace. Peace. Yeah, so I'm back. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Like, I knew it was on a, it was literally on a whim, I promise y'all. Like, um, I had to um, call Lonnie and be like, hey, man, I need you real quick because uh, I had some thoughts. And I just want to, I just want to make sure that I, I get all sides, man. I get all angles. We get all aspects of this thing because a lot of valid points were made in that conversation me and Lonnie just had like a lot of valid points man like first off people be bullying children man and be adults if that child don't look the way you want them to look doesn't act the way you want them to act doesn't identify the way you want them to identify then you'll say some silly shit behind your phone and you think it's cute and it's funny but if someone bullies your child, it hit different then, don't it? So we got to be better about shit, man. Like I said, even if you don't respect it, don't disrespect it. You wouldn't want nobody to disrespect you. So extend that same courtesy to adults and children alike. Hey, man, it felt really good to get back on this microphone, man. Like, I thank you guys for being patient with me. I really, really, really appreciate it. Um, Back to consistency. Like I said, I felt really good doing this, man. I still feel like I like I got something to provide, man. So um, thank you so much for tuning in to Intellectual Savagery. I hope that we brought it how I was supposed to bring it, man. This is Lucky Lucky the Great. Talk to you soon. Peace.